All right, friends. So today we're going to continue the conversation about breastfeeding, pumping, lactation in the military, and we're going to specifically dive into how to have conversations and advocate for yourself or for your family, for others, how to ensure that you're supported by your leaders and peers or your team and that you have a place to pump, that you've got the time and space, you you have what you need. And oftentimes we can be so afraid to, you know, ask for a place to pump to kind of the potential maybe career impacts or perceptions or stigmas around this to take time away from work to pump we can feel so much guilt around that we can feel like we have to hide our motherhood in so many ways or we're afraid of being a burden or being seen as a liability or it impacting the mission um, or our work or our performance in some way and so what are these what are these invisible barriers these both hidden and and also visible barriers that we might be facing and how do we overcome those so this is going to build on some of our previous conversations this is also going to build on um, episode 48 which is all about how to advocate for yourself so we're going to specifically talk about this with regards to breastfeeding with regards to lactation with regards to you know the stigmas that we face around these things oftentimes in the military and how we can normalize them and how we can kind of have the courage sometimes to speak up about these things and to yeah just make it work so we don't feel like we're forced to quit before we're ready so we are not feeling like we have to stop not on our own terms but that we can continue even when it's hard and even when you know maybe we're we're paving a new path, we're breaking barriers, or we're setting a new precedent for the women who follow in addition to our own families. So you can absolutely balance, you know, giving your best to the team and continuing to breastfeed. And we're going to talk about how. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. Breastfeeding journeys are one of those areas where the rubber really meets the road in motherhood and the military. There's a lot of tensions here. There's a lot of stigmas we're up against. Maybe we often feel forced to choose between in this area. And so how do we navigate those pressures, all the demands, all the different directions we might be pulled in and still successfully breastfeed and meet whatever goals we have, but without compromising our mental health along the way or suffering because of that while still performing well at work, while still giving our best to the team, we can absolutely bring incredible value to the team and mission and also pump at work and also continue to breastfeed if we desire to and if we're supported in it. So we're gonna chat about how to advocate for yourself, how to have these conversations when they're uncomfortable, when they're hard, when you might feel embarrassed or stigmatized in bringing them up, when you might feel like a burden or guilty asking for what you need. How do we deal with feeling like, okay, am I going to be forced to end my breastfeeding journey, not on my own terms, before I'm ready, before my baby's ready because of these situations, or is there a way to maybe make this work? So let's go ahead and dive right in. I'll just say, first and foremost, we have made a ton of progress in the lactation support regulations within the military and all the different services, but there's still so many hidden barriers to being able to like live out our call as a mother in the way that we want to, right? And also serve in the way that we really want to. And many of us do feel like we have to either hide our motherhood, put the mission of our family at all times, or afraid of asking for a place to pump or of the unspoken stigmas and potential career impacts even and perceptions or judgments around taking time away from work to pump or feeling like 
it's a detriment to the mission and we're not really sure how to balance those two things or sometimes even feeling like okay even if the regulation protects me in certain ways let's just say it's a postpartum deferment period where i'm not required to do these types of missions that take me away from my baby maybe you still feel guilt around that or you still are like okay but i really want to be there for my team i really want to be part of this mission i really want this experience we don't want to let the team down we don't want to disappoint others we don't want other people to have to compensate for the gaps that we leave we don't want other people to have to pick up our slack we just want to do our part and we're like i can you know i can physically do this or i know i can push myself to do this it would be really hard but we feel like okay now we should and that leaders lead from the front and i gotta be out there i gotta be out front i gotta you know, give my best. I got to give a hundred percent. And so sometimes even if those regulations are in place that say, no, like you can take a deferment period, you can take longer before you take your PT test. You can take longer before you go back out into field training. You can take this time to stay at home station before you go deploy with your team or before you go to the field with your team. You're like, oh, but I'm obligated to, I have a sense of duty to my work and to that team in addition to that duty to my family. I am worried about maybe the potential impacts to my officer evaluation report or whatever it might be, right? That that could happen if we take those deferments and we decide, okay, I'm going to put my family first. So sometimes we, we are in those situations where we are really feeling torn or we just want, we wish we could have both, but we're like, ah, how can I have both here? So I first want to encourage you to not feel like you have to hide. And I know whether it's feeling like you have to hide in the bathroom, you have to go pump in your car, you have to, like your motherhood is not welcome in the work environment. I want to just encourage you that it's okay to bring that part of you to work and to not feel like you have to compartmentalize so much because I know for me, that was such a hidden battle. I was like, oh, I just still feel so alone as a mother. I feel like this part of me is not welcome here. It's not accepted here. And I have to downplay it and dismiss it and hide that part of me if I want to be successful as a leader in the army. And that's not true. And sometimes we can have that perception. And yeah, maybe there's there are people who you know, may judge mothers differently. And especially if we're in very male-dominated environments, if we're in combat arms units and things like that, which I was as well, I totally, totally get it. But what is going to help the most is actually normalizing motherhood. And it's showing, hey, I can be a great mom and a great soldier at the same time. I can be a great leader while being a great mother. And that might not be something that many people have led by example in, but it's something you can lead by example in. So I just want to encourage you in that don't feel like you have to hide and take like one single step at a time. So we're going to talk about what that can look like. So I know there's been lots of policy changes in recent years and we've been advocating for more and more and more, which is amazing. But oftentimes we can still be afraid to ask, right? We can still be afraid to take those breaks to pump. We can, we'd be worried about those impacts to our career. We can still feel like it's so stigmatized. And I think one of the big reasons for that is because there's a lack of education and awareness for so many leaders. And, you know, when women are few and far between in our organizations and, and mothers are very few and far between, that tends to happen, right? So, but now that we've changed policy, right? We've been increasing 
the policies to support mothers in uniform, how do we also change the culture so culture can catch up? And that's kind of where this is this uphill battle that we're fighting now, right? So a big part of that is advocating for ourselves, for our family, and for others. So I want to refer you back to a podcast that I just published on this, where I gave you 12 tips and strategies that I wish I knew in the beginning of my motherhood and career. If you haven't listened to this on how to advocate for yourself, how to advocate for others, then go do that. It's episode 48. And this is going to walk you through a lot of tips you can apply directly to lactation and breastfeeding in the military. It's It kind of plays off of some of the things we're going to talk about in this episode too. But one of the things that we can do in advocating for ourselves and others is just communicate openly, early and often with your supervisor, with your entire team, whether it's your peers, it's your subordinates, it's your supervisors, it's your commander. And then the other thing is really knowing your rights and regulations that protect you. So there's going to be service-specific regulations, of course. There's federal regulations. There's so many that are going to make sure that you are protected in this. And so when you are familiar with that, you know what those kind of left and right limits are. You know what those boundaries are and the things that you are deserving of, that you can hold somebody accountable to and that you can bring to your leader and make sure that you know, they're, they're supporting you in it and they're kind of doing their part based on what is required by law. Right. And so it's not that you're being a burden. It's not that, you know, you're a liability to the team or any of these things, but no, these things are protected for a reason. And the regulation is there to make sure that you're being taken care of, you know, even when it's hard, right. And even when it might be feel inconvenient. So it's our, it's our right. And it's also our obligation to stand up for ourselves and stand up for other women and mothers in uniform. And I think one of the biggest ways that we can stand up for other people and for all the women who follow is just by simply standing up for ourselves and standing up for our family. And so remember that with breastfeeding, it's not just a desire. It's not just a want. It's actually a physiological need, right? So when we're breastfeeding, when we're pumping, it's a physiological need of our body. Just like, you know, okay, we've got to make sure that everyone has a bathroom. They could go to the bathroom and everyone has a plan for, or we've got a, a space and time for basic hygiene when we're planning these operations and missions. Same thing. It's a physiological need. It's a, it's a medical need when you are breastfeeding because your body's still producing milk. So even if you, let's just say you go to a, a field training exercise or you go on a mission and you were previously pumping, your body's not going to just flip the light switch and stop, right? And so if you don't pump, if you don't relieve that, you're going to get engorged, you're going to get clogged ducts, and you may even get mastitis and an infection and 103 fever or whatever and have to go to the ER. And that's going to render you mission incapable. And so does your commander understand that or does your supervisor understand that? Maybe, maybe not. You know, if they've never had experience with, you know, maybe a wife who's breastfeeding or, you know, supporting others who are doing it, then they have no idea that how it works, right? They may just be like, oh, you just pump when you want to and need to, right? And so some of those things is like part of the conversation we kind of need to have. It, it almost places that onus on us to like be somewhat specific sometimes if, if needed, you know, that might not be necessary, but sometimes it's needed. And so just remember it is a physiological need. It's not just, you know, a desire, right? And I want to give you this quote from Maya Angelou, and I think this is beautiful. Each time a woman stands up for herself without knowing it possibly, without claiming it, she stands up for all women. And so it's not just about you. It's not just about you and your family and your journey. It's about all the women who are going to follow within that organization, whether or not you have women who are watching you and your example and your role model for them, there are going to be women who follow you and your organization. Maybe you're the first. 
I've been the first in a variety of situations. And you may have too. You may be the first, right? You may be the first woman. You may be the first mother. And that's a hard place to be because you're breaking a lot of those barriers, both visible and invisible. And there's a lot of glass ceilings, right? You're probably up against. At the same time, we're, we're paving a path for the women who follow. And so it's, it's bigger than us. We're leaving a legacy. We're setting precedents. And the things that we say and don't say, the things that we do advocate for, and the things that we just like let slide, that's all now shaping the experience for the woman who follows. So I hope that's extra motivation for you. I know for me, that's a big motivator. It's like when I'm terrified of having a conversation, when I'm like, ah, you know, I'm afraid of judgment, or I'm afraid of perceptions, or I'm afraid of the impacts, or the cost of it, or whatever. That helps me push through some of that discomfort. That helps me of could it gather the courage sometimes muster up that courage when i need to ask for what i need right a lactation break or a space or support logistically you know in, in being able to pump on a mission so it helps you be brave enough to have those uncomfortable awkward sometimes conversations right so i just encourage you yes take that first step like it can be a crawl it's okay and then you can walk and then you can run you can learn to help others even so how do we address this to our supervisors? Like when we feel uncomfortable, when we feel like it's hard, uh, when we're afraid maybe of how they might respond. Well, I think the first thing is understanding that no one really knows what you need unless you help them understand, right? And so maybe you don't even know quite what you need because it's your first child or you're, you're doing this for the first time. But I, I bet you that you know more of what you need than your supervisor or your team, right? And so we can't expect them to read our minds we can't expect them to just know and to ask for us and to to know like okay i would love if this was the case right we'd love that if leaders were this aware and and uh, educated right but but often they're not and that's that's okay it's, it's just we're fighting that battle right of you know when we become pregnant of asking hey you know congratulations on your pregnancy how can i support you in this you know our unit doesn't have a lactation room right now but i know that that's my responsibility as a commander to provide that for you and so we're going to be working on it but let me know if you have suggestions or if you can help me problem solve this that would be great i wish that a lot of leaders would do that but that's just not the case right and so we're the ones that are having to kind of overcome those barriers to initiate the conversation in the first place to bring it to their attention that we don't have a lactation room in our unit you know we we don't have all of these things that we probably should have based on regulation and so we have to be the ones to express what we need and communicate that clearly and so many of us yes when it's rare to see someone like ourselves, whether it's a woman or another mother we, we've got to do that we've got to be unapologetic about we need what we need and this is also going to again encourage the women who come behind us to do the same thing so that they don't feel forced to quit before they're ready or to stop breastfeeding you know when they come back from maternity leave because they're like oh well you know what i just won't have support anyway so it's not even worth continuing or it's just going to be too hard right we're going to make it easier you may be super uncomfortable you may feel insecure and emotional about it it's okay i totally did too but we we've got to be able to engage in these conversations tactfully and maturely and professionally right and so even if it's a topic that feels like there's a stigma around it and sometimes especially male leaders might be like wow this is like a little bit you know kind of squeamish around these subjects it's okay because if we normalize it if we're the ones who are you know going through it obviously and we're the ones that are initiating that conversation and we're just talking about it it helps give them permission to not feel like weird about it too if that makes sense so We've got we've to build it into mission planning, but we've got to also be directive about what we need. They don't know what you need. They can't read your mind. You know, so let me give you an example. So when I was at my basic officer course, I had to go when I was just six weeks postpartum. So 
by the time, you know, we started the course, it was maybe about eight, I was about eight weeks postpartum and I was trying to go to speed, speed up my time to get stationed together as a family. We had been apart my entire pregnancy and postpartum so far. And we were going to only get stationed together once my son was a year old. And I was like, I just want to be together as a family. And I also need to catch back up in my career progression because at the time I was not allowed to go to my basic officer course pregnant. We've since changed that policy in the army because it was deemed pregnancy discrimination. But at the time I wasn't allowed to go. So I was now trying to make up for that on the back end. And this was before I became a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach and went through that whole education and certification process. And I did not know how to properly recover. I did, I put so much pressure on myself to bounce back so quickly. So I like threw myself into everything, right? Threw myself into the PT test at six weeks postpartum. I threw myself into duty again and so many rigorous demands, not knowing any better and not knowing how I was then going to have to deal with complications on the back end. But I'll just say, so let me tell you the story specifically of when I was at my basic officer course and we were just getting started in our classes. So I, the first day or so, I think it was, I had a conversation with my supervisor about, Hey, you know, I am a new mother. I've got an eight week old (laughs) and he's with me and I'm going to need time and space to pump. Um, and this is about, you know, I'm going to have to do it about every two to three hours. Here's the regulation. Um, and you know, can you help me come up with a plan? Uh, I don't know if we have a facility available in this space. And so just starting that conversation, he helps me work something out. And luckily we actually did have a lactation room that was like somewhat in, um, in use. And so basically we just worked out, okay, how do I get access to that? How do I get a key? Is there a shared key? What's that going to look like? So I can share it with the other uh, mother who's using it. And so we had worked that out between him and me, and this was our NCO who was in charge of our training course. And then we, we went through, this was, it was like, like I said, the second or third day of class, um, we were introducing ourselves to our class and just giving like a just brief background, who we are, where we're from, uh, you know, those kinds of things. And so I go up to the front of the class to introduce myself and I tell them who I was and all those things. And then I also said, I have a really young baby and I just want to let you all know, I will have to pump every two to three hours. So I will be stepping away from class. I'm going to be, you know, taking time during our breaks and during lunch break, but I will be, you know, coming in and out. And I just want to let you guys know that's where I'm going to be. Um, and it was so funny because I was so nervous. I was kind of terrified, you know, never talked publicly about this before. I really didn't want to. Our class was like 45 people, you know, they're all my peers and many of them, most of them, were guys and you know I mean whatever 20 23 years old it was super uncomfortable but at the same time I wanted to be upfront it was funny because my NCO who you know was our our teacher he was immediately he was like oh you didn't have to do that ma'am like and I was like no I wanted to because I just want to make sure everyone is aware of where I was going to be what I was doing and why I didn't want anybody to have questions or doubt like have these misperceptions or this room for misinterpretation of oh Megan's just shamming why is she stepping out every two three hours like why is she coming in late you know and those kinds of things I just I know it was going to affect them I know we're going to be doing group projects all the time are going to be working as a team and we're going to be learning together every single day. So this is something that I will be doing. I'll be balancing it with my job and I just want them to know that. And I feel like they deserve to know that. And so I kind of just said that and I I was very upfront about it. And, you know, I mean, everyone was just getting used to talking about this openly. And I mean, 
fast forward to the end of my basic officer course and I mean I had everyone from you know every single one of my female peers to many of my male peers come up to me at different times and was like hey like I just want to say you you are doing an amazing job of navigating all of this of you know doing it so professionally of performing so well in spite of all the things that you're managing you know and I just want to say it's really admirable and so many of them were really inspired by my example and especially the women they were like you know what Megan you've given me a really good encouragement that it is possible to be a great mom and to be a great officer at the same time and that it doesn't have to be one or the other and I was just so so encouraged by that because again I just felt like I was trying to survive all of this and it really did normalize the conversation and I pray that you know so many of those young officers as they they had just commissioned we had just gotten through that and now we're this is our basic officer course before we go off into our units into the operational army and we go lead soldiers i was just praying that that was going to impact them so that if they ever had any mothers in their formation they knew exactly how they might need to support them and that they would be able to be compassionate and empathetic and also more understanding of the logistical challenges of that and you know, I think that's a big difference maker is when we normalize these conversations and we're the ones who are maybe willing to step up and have the uncomfortable dialogue and, and initiate it first and foremost. It gives our leaders and our peers the permission to do the same because they don't have to feel if if you're not kind of feeling like you have to shy away from the conversation, but you're upfront about it and you're just like, this is what I need. You're being honest. You're being open. Then it gives them the freedom to do the same to you, right? And so they can have a a compassionate and also professional conversation back and forth with you about it. And it's just like any other, you know, problem solving together as a team. So I just learned the more I was willing to be open and breach that conversation, even when it felt awkward, the better everyone was able to support me, you know? And it didn't have to be this, this, you know, weird thing that nobody really wanted to talk about. And it was just super stigmatized the whole time. We felt that stigma early on and then it kind of dissipated right over and over before every single week of field training we had six full work weeks of time that we were in the field during my basic officer course and this was like a pilot program for our course and so it was just crazy it was really crazy and all that time I had to be away from my baby because it was overnights in the field and we would luckily come back for the weekend but that was a lot of time away And I had to plan the logistics of like, what resources are going to be available to me? What coordination do I need to do to make this happen? Make sure I have what I need and to make sure my baby has enough milk back at home to pack what I need so I don't have to stress over it and I could just focus on the mission and focus on my work, right? I know that oftentimes leaders may feel uncomfortable at these topics. I can give you another example. Even recently, um, about a month ago when I first got here to Fort Hood, we are, I'm, I'm on the public affairs team because I'm a public affairs officer now. And there's the P3T program, the pregnancy and postpartum physical fitness program is doing a series to kind of raise awareness about the program. And one of the ideas that one of the soldiers had was to highlight lactation rooms and just the lactation support regulations and all those kinds of things. Because again, it's one of those things that's often stigmatized. We don't really talk about it. It's not normalized. And most commanders and leaders, unless again, unless they've had experience with this, don't necessarily know what they're required to do to support. And so it it leaves the burden on soldiers to ask. And oftentimes you may not even feel comfortable with that, especially if you're a junior soldier and you don't know how to have these conversations or you feel like there's this really big rank and power differential that you're up against and those kinds of things. And so with that, I thought it was a great idea, (laughs) but the, but I guess 
whoever it was, uh, one of the sergeant majors who was being proposed this idea was like, uh, let's, let's not talk about all of this. Basically, that was kind of the vibe was, I think, I think he sort of wanted to dilute the way we're talking about it because it was like this uncomfortable topic to him. Uh, I don't want to get into the details. Don't get into those things. It's TMI, but no, it's not. If it affects your ability to do your job or it's going to affect the team, or if it's going to affect your health, then it's one of those things that is in the realm of leadership and of the mission in our jobs. And that's the thing that oftentimes there is so much overlap between our personal and our professional lives and your military life. It's just like our job can take over our whole life in some ways. And our jobs are very physically demanding, be physically ready to perform at any given time. And that's something that's unique in the military and in similar tactical professions, right? And so, yeah, those, those boundaries are a little bit more fluid, I guess you could say. And what may feel like TMI or, or too many details for a leader oftentimes may not be, you know, and, and we can continue to grow in being able to have these tactful professional conversations, you know, about the intersection of health and our job performance and whether it's physical health or mental health. And, you know, what are some of those sticking points maybe when we're integrating women into combat arms jobs and into combat and into these environments that have been traditionally men and those kinds of things that we've never had to deal with before just because we've never had a woman in the room but now we're like okay well now now we should be talking about these things right and so that conversation can be opened and it, it is uncomfortable to start breaching those topics but it's necessary all it was is we were going to talk about here's the regulation here's specifically you know how to set up a lactation room in your organization and why it's important and help how it helps take care of the soldier and also their family and how it helps make you a stronger team because now you know that soldier's taken care of so then they can focus on the mission and they can minimize their time away from work so anyways i just wanted to say that too i think it is very normal and and something we can kind of expect that like it may be uncomfortable at first but we have to start somewhere and, and sometimes it just means we gotta we gotta keep moving the ball forward like baby steps baby steps right that's hard educating leaders but this is your right and this is a requirement so you can do your part and know that you're protected by the regulations it is that physiological need that needs to be balanced with the mission so you can figure out a plan together Maybe it feels particularly challenging to you because you're dealing with unsupportive leaders or organizations. Maybe people are telling you, oh, just go pump outside or use the porta potty, use the nasty bathrooms while, you know, you're at the range or just go outside when it's extremely hot or extremely cold or in places where there's no privacy. Maybe you're just not being treated well when you have to pump while you're surrounded by men already and maybe they're kind of expressing not so subtly the irritation that they have to make accommodations for you or making sure you know how they feel about it. Maybe they're making you feel like a little bit less than when you have to pump, maybe making you feel like it's a hassle and you're like, I hate feeling like a burden when we're running these missions and I hate feeling like crap for it. I'm tired of that, you know? And so if you're feeling any of those things, I just want to speak into those places too. And I think the first thing is that oftentimes as leaders, we don't know what we don't know, right? And that's the case for all of us, no matter where we're at. And when we know better, we can do better. And so our responsibility is first to educate our leaders. And I know that's, we wish it wasn't that way, right? We wish that the onus wasn't on us, the burden wasn't on us to do that, that we wish leaders are tracking these things and that they really cared or we feel like they cared, right? But oftentimes, you know, I mean, there's so many new regulations that come out and policies and we're, we're constantly changing things for the better, right? And, and lots of positive change coming out, but it can be hard to keep up with. And 
I know I'm not familiar with every single regulation and we learn as we go sometimes and we learn as certain situations arise for those that we're serving and we're leading, like we learn more about those things too. We do our homework when we have uh, service members who are dealing with certain situations. And so it's not okay to be made to feel less than when you have to pump to be made to feel like a hassle especially when we're just trying to do our best in both those areas of our life. But at the same time, many are uneducated on these regulations surrounding breastfeeding as well as all that it takes to pump. So just continue to be an advocate for yourself. And if needed, then reach out to your higher level leader through the open door policy, through your chain of command. Because just because you know somebody has a number of years in the military or a certain rank on their chest, it doesn't necessarily mean they're up on all these regulations. So oftentimes we do have to educate and it can get exhausting educating our superiors and advocating for ourselves, or feeling like we're getting nowhere or being, we're being seen as a problem or this may even, you know, cause you to want to quit breastfeeding or you feel like you had to give up because it's just so frustrating. Time and time again, I see this happening and I like to try to have faith and believe that, you know, many leaders, although we may be in the wrong or they may be in the wrong about certain things may just not be fully understanding what is expected of them. And, and it's not always an intentional, being intentionally malicious in their decisions or actions, right? I like to believe that they would be appreciative of being respectfully informed how, how they can do better, how they can learn more, how, you know, what they're providing or not providing is not sufficient based on regulations, which are very clear, right? And so taking that step further to explain why can also be helpful, not just like, hey, here's the regulations, but this is why it matters. This is why it is unsanitary to pump in a bathroom. You know, it's my baby's food source, right? Like we wouldn't eat our food in the bathroom. So why would that be the answer for pumping? The health risks associated with potential infection and mastitis, you know, if we don't take care of the physiological need, right? When we're out in the field or when we're on a mission and things like that, just painting that picture respectfully and professionally, you know, many just don't have the experience or knowledge about pregnancy, postpartum pumping. And, you know, I, I think it is it says a lot about you if you're willing to be part of the solution and not just like place the blame on your leader as well, right? So just be part of the solution and be willing to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm willing to do the extra legwork to come up with a plan. You know, I kind of just need a little bit of information from you to help facilitate that. And then we can get creative in that problem solving. You may be the first who's going through this, but I guarantee you will not be the last. And you deserve these accommodations. Not only are they deterring you know, your health if we don't receive these accommodations for lactation support, but also the health of our child. And so we aren't, at the end of the day, responsible for how other people perceive things or how other people even respond to our requests, right? The stigmas are going to change one person at a time, one day at a time, and change will come. We just have to sometimes be patient while also being persistent. And whenever I get discouraged about this, whenever I'm like, ah, you know, I just get frustrated because, you know, either, you know, I'm dealing with something or I'm seeing day in, day out soldiers dealing with these same situations over and over again on the ground. And it's oftentimes the boots on the ground level, and especially junior, junior soldiers and service members who are you know, may not feel comfortable advocating for themselves, maybe a lower rank and, you know, might be butting up against even just immediate supervisors in the chain of command who don't have any authority to make these decisions, but they're the ones that are saying no to these basic needs and basic accommodations, right? So I get so frustrated sometimes, but I just have to remind myself, okay, I got to do what I can do, do what's in my span of control and my span of influence here and just continue to chip away at this problem, right? And so Start the conversations early when it comes to planning ahead about the accommodations that you're entitled to or, or the accommodations other people are entitled to if you're advocating for others to help coordinate those things in advance, especially when you do find out about a mission, start planning early. 
we don't always have advanced notice for our operations, right? Especially in the military, but the earlier we can kind of sit down and start having those conversations, making sure that others are tracking. Okay. Like every, this amount of hours for approximately this many minutes, I've got to go pump. And this is what I'm going to need. You know, I want to see what's, what's going to be out there. What's going to be available to me at my disposal. So I can, you know, either use that and make a plan to use that, or I can create a different plan, um, to make this work. And then you can go from there. So our leaders are not automatically going to be tracking all of our circumstances. So just get, he- get ahead of the issue and that will help us to not be so reactive and, and cause this undue anxiety and stress around, okay, how am I going to make all this work? That way we can, you know, bring the equipment we need. Like if you're going out to the range or you're going out to the field environment, you know, bringing what you need to take care of it. And we'll dive into specific tips, lots of tips and advice for how to plan for those field training times when you don't have many resources at all when you're not in an office or in a building at all and those kinds of situations when you really have to figure out how to pump on the go you should not be made to feel less than when you have to pump that's not fair and it's not right you're feeding your child you're working full-time you're literally doing your job and doing what you need to do for the mission and so nothing about that is less than it's amazing so be proud of all that you're accomplishing all that you're doing don't ever let anyone make you feel like a hassle don't think of accommodations for pumping as a hassle it's, it's a big deal. You're feeding your baby and this is in regulation for a reason. It's something that's protected for us for a reason. And leaders at all levels and ranks are expected to follow this. So do not minimize your needs and do not let anyone make you feel like a burden for it. It feels that way until we normalize things. And that's why we can be part of the change. As women in the military, right, we, we've always had to work harder. But our hard work and continuing to, to move the ball forward, to continue to push the envelope has made it easier for those coming behind us. It gets easier and easier and easier because we, we are paving that path. So when we pave the path, it's hard. We're, we're cutting through a lot of maybe red tape or a lot of just challenges and roadblocks and obstacles along the way. But then when the person comes and follows us, those things are already busted down. So it's that much easier for them. And so it's not just for you. It's for the women who are following behind you. So you are doing great. Stand your ground, do what you got to do to feed your baby and do not apologize for it. Like be unapologetic about it. I mean, there's been so many situations where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take matters in my own hand and do what I need to do. And sometimes people are like, oh, wow. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well either, you know, make the accommodations that I need, or I'm just going to figure it out in the moment because this has to happen no matter what. Yes. But that's the biggest thing. I just do not want you to feel like a burden or a inconvenience to your team because of this. All right, my friend, I hope this was a helpful and encouraging conversation as you navigate these barriers and roadblocks and just keep fighting a good fight. You deserve that support and nothing less. So if I can help you in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Please share this with a friend who you feel like would benefit from it too. Let's keep getting the word out. Let's keep spreading awareness. Let's keep equipping more women to learn how to fight for themselves and we'll fight for each other. That's what we're here for. We're here to stand arm in arm, side by side, as we continue to just be the best moms that we can be and be the best dang service members they can be or leaders they can be to know that it is possible and to keep paving the way for those who follow join me next time next one we're going to talk about pumping in the field pumping with these crazy operational environments we might find ourselves in when we have no running water when we've got no way to really store our milk or we want to figure out a store and transport it how to make it work in just different kinds of missions and different kinds of operational environments that we might be thrown in as military women so don't miss that 
you're going to want to hear my best practices, my lessons learned, my tips and strategies, and just advice for you as you go into some of those things so you can really make a plan that works for you and that also um, supports a mission that helps you do both and do both well. All right. So I look forward to talking to you then. See you next time.